I find the people who are worth it are going to wait for me. I would prefer to be chosen and be waited for and everyone be happy. And those clients also end up being the best clients because if they've already waited for you, guess what? They're not going to be upset when they wait on their furniture. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Powell. And today we are joined by Julianne Hendrickson of Hendrickson Interiors out of Tampa, Florida. And Julianne is going to walk us through how she first started her design business in 2016 with $100 in the bank account to having an over $3 million plus interior design firm business. Julianne has some terrific advice for you guys. If you're out there and you want some tips on building your interior design business, one of the main things that we talk about is delegating, delegating, hiring, and, um, you know, letting go of some of that control freak in order to scale our business and to start uh, making money on a big <laughs> scale, clearly. All right. But before we get into the mini news and my interview with Julianne, we have some housekeeping. Okay, as you guys may or may not know, our Wingnut webinars have been swimming along very nicely. We're having one webinar a month with a esteemed guest, or maybe even yours truly, presenting information on how to run and market your design business in a more efficient and profitable manner. So if you want to attend these absolutely free FREE webinars, head on over to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar. The latest information will be there with the guest and the topic and how to register and all that. And if for some reason you're unable to attend that date and time, go ahead and register anyway so you can have access to the replay. Another exciting thing coming around the corner, boy, the pressure is on for the Wingnut team, is Wingnut Academy, our very first course, Instagram for beginning and intermediate for interior designers. We're going to walk you through how to do interior design with a strategy, with real purpose in order to get clients, to get end results, to get real return on your investment from your Instagram. Maybe you're not ready to delegate your social media management, or maybe you're not at the place right now with your firm financially to be able to hire out an agency to handle your marketing. And you're at the very beginning steps and you just want to have a handle on what to post on your Instagram, how to post it, how to write your captions, what kind of hashtags, what kind of content, how the heck are you going to attract your ideal client? Well, this course for interior designers, Instagram, beginners to intermediate is going to walk you through that. And we are looking at launching that in May. So stay tuned for that. If you want to be on the, the list to get notifications when that goes live, head on over to wingnutsocial.com and sign up for Wingnut Academy notifications right there. That's wingnutsocial.com. All right, that's it for housekeeping. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for Men and News, Men and News Sash. Yeah. yeah. All right. Today, we welcome back Emily Lisi to the Mini News, Digital Content Manager at Wingnut Social. Emily, today we're talking about something known as creator tags. What the hell is it? Yes. So creator tags is something that's been a feature on Instagram for forever, pretty much. But Instagram recently updated them so that now when you tag an account on your photo of a post that you're posting to your feed, it's going to show not only your, your username, but it's going to show your profile category. So the profile category is the little phrase or word below your username on your Instagram profile. And if you don't currently see anything under your profile, that means you don't have it set yet. So that's something that you need to set. So for interior designers, you would set your category to be interior design studio. For photographers, use photographer and so on. So when your content shows up, it's going to say, 
Susan McNuggets, and then under that interior design agency on the on the post, I'm I'm not sure I'm quite grabbing it. So when you tag on a post, so it'll be whoever you tag on the post. Like, you know, when you tap a post and the names that are tagged come up? Yes, 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 yes. It'll show the name and it'll show the profile category. Okay. If you're the one tagging, it's not really going to benefit you, but it's going to help you give more proper credit to whoever contributed to the photo that you're posting. So it's going to help avoid any conflicts of interest or copyright issues if you have a professional photographer who took the picture. That way, when someone taps it, they can see, oh, that person isn't the designer, they're the photographer. Okay, good. And then if you tag yourself, it'll show that you're the interior designer of it. I just had a light bulb moment. Okay, that makes sense. So okay, so that's cool. So if I tag Susan McNuggets on a photo for Wingnut Social, it'll say Susan McNuggets interior designer. And if I tag her photographer, it'll say Chip McAdee, the photographer under there too. So you know, he's not the designer, he's the photographer, etc, etc, etc. It's just a little bit better for attribution. Yep, exactly. For content creators. Okay, I see that, especially in the interior design space where that can be important. It'll help the interior designer too. If someone Mm -hmm. like a contractor that you worked with post your photo, they're going to hopefully tag you in that post. And then their audience is going to see that you're the interior designer and they hopefully will go to your profile. I see. The cycle continues, yes. So a little (laughs) bit more promo mojo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just made that up. (laughs) I like it. All right. Very cool. Actually, you're given a choice if you want to show this or not. So how you do that is when you go to create a normal post, you'll go and tag a person like you normally would. But now you'll be given the option to now you'll be given the option to tap to show the profile category to display the creator category. So it's an option that you have now. And I definitely recommend turning that option on when you tag someone in a post. All right. Awesome. Great tip. Thanks for joining us again, Emily Lisi. Yeah, of course. Many new sash. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into my conversation with Julianne Hendrickson, but first let me tell you about her. Hendrickson Interiors was born in 2016 after Julianne welcomed her second child into the world. Formerly a teacher, she continues to love and educate her clients on the why of design. What started as a dream is now a full-service custom interior design firm serving clients all throughout the Tampa area. When Julianne isn't working, you can find her with her husband and two small children. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Julianne Hendrickson to the podcast. Hey there, Julianne Hendrickson. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. I've been having this in the works for quite a while because you are a wingnut social client. And I was saying, man, Julianne is killing it down there in uh, Tampa. And I know that you had a waiting list of like a million years. And I said, who better to come in here and uh, come on the show and give some inspiration for interior designers looking to build their business. So we're going to pick your brain today. Are you game? I totally am. All right. Awesome. So first, before we get into our chat, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, we'll dig in. I am Julian Hendrickson, owner of Hendrickson Interiors. Um, we're based out of Tampa, Florida, and we do mostly residential design, which includes construction design. We have been in business for about six years now and grew from a team of one, which was just me, to um, a team of six now. And it's been an awesome journey. It was something I never really thought was going to 
turn into what it did. And I think a lot of people, a lot of designers feel the same way. Kind of the rug gets pulled out from underneath them and they just go on that magic carpet ride. But we're so excited to be where we are and we have a lot of growth ahead of us. Yeah, you do. We see it firsthand, right? Because we see how busy you guys are on, on social and everything. So let's let's back up a little bit and let's talk about, so you were a solopreneur, right? In 2016. Correct. Okay. So you started as little Julianne Hendrickson. So tell us a little bit about that journey and what was your first hire as far as delegating? Because we're going to talk about delegating um, and growing your team and, and getting outside of that comfort zone and building that, as you said in your, your pre-show interview, uh, hiring an army. So let's talk about the mindset and what was your first hire and, and how did that help you? And we'll just kind of have an organic conversation around that. You know, when I first started my business, I was actually home with my daughter. She was my second born. And a friend of mine asked if I would help her with her new build. And I said, sure, that sounds great. Um, had no idea what I was doing, just knew that I loved picking out pretty things. And um, her builder loved what we did and ended up hiring me for a couple of homes. And before I knew it, I had more clients than I knew what to do with. I had no business plan. I had no idea how to open an account with any normal furniture firm. And I was also teaching at the time. So I would teach all day. And then around three o'clock, I would quit. I would see clients until eight or nine o'clock at night, work until one in the morning and do it all over again. So um, I was burning the candle at both ends, as they say. And about two years into doing both jobs, I said, I have to pick a lane. And as much as I love teaching, I wanted some flexibility and I wanted to be able to provide for my family in a different way, both physically and financially. So I brought on Tony Jabay, who is my lead designer, and she actually had a child in class with my son. And she came to me and said, you know, anything you need, I just have to get out of the house. You know, just (laughs) if you need someone to shop for you or throw invoices together, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I said, that sounds great. So she started with me two years in and has been right by my side ever since. And I don't even know what I'd do without her today. I looked at her the other day. I said, how many more years do we have? <laughs> Just hoping she'd say forever. <laughs> okay, That's interesting that you you chose a designer as your first hire. And then that's, was that before a bookkeeper or anything uh, along those lines? Oh, no, I had a bookkeeper. I started with a bookkeeper with my very first large job. He gave me a $50,000 deposit. And I literally went straight to a bookkeeper and said, Oh, my God, what do I do with this? <laughs> Please, I don't have any accounts. I didn't have QuickBooks. I had nothing. I'm like, I certainly know I can't deposit this into my personal account. So um, she's been with me all the way through and has been an absolute immense amount of help. I do not know what I would do without her. That's awesome. I like that you actually did the side hustle for a couple of years and really just got your feet wet and, and got your business chops before you decided, screw the teaching. I'm doing interior yeah, design. Exactly. I know with them, I did the, when I had Darla Powell interiors full time, I did that for maybe two months. <laughs> I was like, you know what, who wants to be a cop anymore? Let's do this design thing. So you did that, you did that in a lot smarter fashion. I got super, super, super lucky. So uh, Julianne, a lot of designers listening have a big problem letting go of control or delegating or not having their hand in everything. What was your philosophy when you decided you wanted to scale and hire and grow the business to help let go of that? Or has that not been an issue for you? 
No, it definitely has. Um, I'm a control freak by nature. Um, pretty OCD. I like things my way and my way is best. And I think for me, it was seeing that someone else could do it well and it could be accepted by a client. And even if it wasn't all of my choices that I would have made on my own, they were just as good as what I would have done and just as acceptable. And when I was able to release some of that control, we were able to do more work. We were able to push work out faster, wrap jobs up quicker, and it was a little smoother. So as soon as I saw that happening, I was like, well, gosh, let's hire somebody else. Let's see if we can keep going faster and getting more done and making more people happy. Because at that point, we had a waiting list of about six months, which we have yet to be able to get around. Um, we're still probably looking around a six month wait list at this point. And I listened to your interview with someone recently who talked about having, you know, a wait list can be good. It can be bad. Busted. It's never yeah. hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> it's never hurt us. It's always been a good thing. I love to be able to project my year and say, you know, I'm full for consults until June. And if half those consults sign, which usually you know, 80% of them to mm-hmm. 100% of them sign, then we'll be just fine. But you know, delegation is tricky. I heard something recently where they said delegation is not always all in. You can delegate many different ways. You can delegate and say, I would like for you to complete this task and come back and we'll check it together. And then you can do the next task. You can delegate and say, go all the way to the design phase and get it all done and then come back to me and we'll look at it and price it. Or you can delegate and say, get all the way through the pricing and submit it to the client and then I'll help you with revisions. And I think, you know, for me, that was big because I always thought of delegation as all in. You know, you have to give the whole thing over and step all the way back and let that person do everything by themselves. But I think a good delegator knows how much bandwidth to give the person, how much that person is capable of at that time. Right. I find that if you let people do their job as well and don't micromanage and can delegate, it empowers them. And believe it or not, less is more when it comes to leadership skills sometimes by letting people do the thing that they're brought on board to do instead of, you know, being all crazy and in their business. It sounds like you definitely have that all down. So, Okay, so you you hired a bookkeeper from the get-go. That's kind of a given, right? We didn't even think you started with the designer because bookkeepers just seem like a no-brainer. But, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and it's not a no-brainer, it is a (laughs) no-brainer. You get a bookkeeper Mm -hmm. for sure. And then the designer, that was my first hire too. I hired a junior designer to help me to scale. Okay, so after the bookkeeper and the designer, now you did mention in the pre-show that you have a coach as well. Where does the coach fit in and how helpful was that for you and your business? Well, she was brought in once I had my entire team in place. So in addition to Tony, I have um, Lisa, who's our operations manager and deals with the warehouse and returns and damages and so forth. I have Mary Elise, who's a project coordinator. She makes sure our projects keep moving along with all our many vendors. And I have Melissa, who does all of our accessories. Then that at this point is a full-time job. So she does all the accessory buying, purchasing, and installations. So once I had all those people in place, I had to pull myself out of the weeds a little bit because there were people to manage and and things to get done. So I hired, her name is Katie with Dakota Design, and she is absolutely amazing. I actually heard everyone that I've hired 
outside of my own team has been from Luann's podcast, all of them. <laughs> you all, Wingnut Social for marketing. And Katie, um, I heard her on a podcast with Luann, and I. she said she had a waiting list, and I emailed her, and I said, I heard you have a waiting list, but I have to have you right now. So <laughs> if you can just take me, I promise I'll be wonderful. I'll do everything you want me to do. I'll pay you. And she said, I've never gotten an email like this. I'll start you next week. <laughs> Katie, what's her last name? It's Katie McFarlane. Okay. And she's with Dakota Design Company. All right, cool. Plug, free plug. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. She's amazing. She has a wait list and I'm not coming off her list anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you know, the wait list. Wait a second. I, I kind of got away from the question I was going to ask because I have menopause brain. You did say <laughs> that you heard the episode with, I think it was Jamie Van Kike about the yes. wait list, right? And then there's there's yes. a certain point of it's sexy to have a wait list because you're in demand. And then there's another point to why are you leaving money on the table by not hiring and keeping up with the wait list? How have you found that sweet spot with the wait list? Because you just you just alluded to that. I think we're doing a better job with who our target audience is. And that's been tremendous help through Wingnut Social because oh, we've kind of, you know, moved from shifted strategies from who we are looking for as an ideal client. And so when we get the information from our website for someone who's inquiring about our services, we are better able to look through that information and know pretty instantly whether or not they're going to be a fit for us or not. You know, it might be that it's a great fit, but they want to be started immediately. And it's a job so big that I can't take it immediately. Um, I've always felt honesty is the best policy and saying that, you know, you would love to do their job, but you don't have the bandwidth to do it right now. And you could do it in you know, July or whenever it's going to be, always is best and better than saying, yes, I'd love to do your job and taking it and doing a poor job because you're overwhelmed and overworked. So, you know, for me, I find the people who are worth it are going to wait for me. And those who are not going to wait and are going to design or hop until they find someone that can do their job fastest, they might be happy in the end, it's possible, but I would prefer to be chosen and be waited for Mm -hmm. and everyone be happy and those clients also end up being the best clients because if they've already waited for you, guess what? They're not going to be upset when they wait on their furniture. <laughs> so um, I've just found, you know, doing this patiently and carefully is is so much better than rushing through it. And again, we take a certain number of consults a month. So once those are booked out, I don't feel bad turning away work because I know that we have the work ahead of us. So if you're out there and you're feeling nervous about creating a wait list and pushing off people, I think that it is a scary thing, right? You're like, oh my gosh, they're not going to hire me. Yeah. They're going to hire another designer. But I think in the end game, it's a higher quality client. You're getting a higher dollar amount for your services. There is a certain amount of that sexy mystique that, you know, there's a wait list, you know, they're so good. Not that, you know, there isn't a, a legit wait list because you're so good, but I'm just saying that does add to it. If you hired a hundred more designers and there was no wait list, I think that some of that appeal would be lost. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just part of the, the magic of, <laughs> the exclusivity, right? Absolutely. And the way that you word it, right? You know, we always tell clients in our information that goes out when they contact us that we might not be available until July right now of 2022. Mm-hmm. But when we start with them, we start. You know, I don't come to your home and do your consultation and then tell you, oh, great, it's July. And I told you I couldn't see you till July, but now I can't start your job till January. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're going to start getting immediate feedback the minute you sign with us. 
Okay, so let's get back to Katie McFarland. Okay, so an interior design coach, right, with a, another wait list in demand, just like Julian Hendrickson. So how has she been impactful in your business? And, you know, I'm sure she's a terrific coach, but we're just saying coaching in general with a free plug for Katie. Coaching in general is so important. I think, you know, as a business owner, you get very much in the weeds of your business and you don't see it from a top level view. And Katie has really been able to show me a top level view of my business. She had me send her all of my documents. Everything I send clients made me talk all the way through our process from beginning to end. And she basically pulled it apart and said, we're missing a couple pieces here and there. I think this could be better. Let's reformat all this. Let's make it all look really great and cohesive. Let's give you a plan. You know, she wrote every single thing I ever give to a client. She has a template for everything. She has a template for if your items are delayed. She has a template for trade day. She has a template for, you know, I'm sorry you're waiting so long. <laughs> you know, it just takes the, the thought right out of it for us. And it keeps nice. my entire team on the same wavelength. Because if I say, hey, um, the Smiths are still waiting for that living room table and they've been waiting for it for six months now. Yeah. Can you please send them an email? Everybody on the team knows what email to send. It's not, yeah, I'll send one. And somebody says, I'm so sorry you're waiting. The person says, it'll be here soon. And you know, it's <laughs> one message. That's what elite clients want. They want to feel like your entire team is on the same page. And that's what she's done for us. That's important as you're scaling and growing your team and hiring your army that you have to have that that synergy, right? You have to have that common denominator of systems and processes. And so everybody is on the same page. Otherwise, you're wasting money because you're not as efficient. Absolutely. Right? I, I think that is so important to have that. And I love that you said that you get that high level view, you get someone that's detached from it, who can see the forest for the trees. I do. I think that's really important. I've worked with a couple of coaches in the past for both the design side and the agency side. And it's been really elucidating, just incredibly helpful. Okay, so you did you were kind enough to mention Wingnut Social and, and the marketing part. So before you came to Wingnut, how were you guys doing your marketing? What was your strategy there? Did you have one? Oh, goodness, Darla. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it was, you know, I wonder if I should post this morning. I wonder what the best time to post is. I don't know. I don't have any time. I'll do it while I brush my teeth. I would try to post every day. Sometimes I would forget. I never knew what to say. It seemed to be the same things I was saying over and over. It was never, you know, anything ingenious. And I didn't understand the the behind the scenes of Instagram, which that's a full-time job. It is. And again, you know, when you want to scale and you want your business to grow, you need to get out of the weeds. You cannot be the person doing your Instagram. Now I know plenty of people who do, and they seem to be just fine with it. I think that in it's going to catch up, <laughs> you know, at some point you really need an expert. And I've always been that way. I just feel like experts are there and that's how I want my clients to feel about me. We are the experts. And in this case, you all are the experts. And why would I try to do something that I'm not the expert in? Yeah. So you actually gave me a strategy. I had no strategy. I thought, you know, I'll just keep throwing out pretty pictures and hoping something smacks the wall and sticks. And we were doing fine. But I would say we have doubled in growth since working with you all. I mean, not only talking about silly things like Instagram followers, but just <laughs> yeah. the quality of work that we're getting. Um, I have a client right now who found us on Instagram solely from California. 
and they are moving here um, to Florida and building a massive, beautiful custom home. And wow. we are getting the pleasure of working with them. And I won't say the other design firm's name, but they're a very, <laughs> very highly sought after design firm that she interviewed alongside me. They might even have a Netflix show. Um, <laughs> and she chose us. Wow. So I just, you know, it's it, totally incredible. Um, and I really feel like if my Instagram wasn't where it should be, you know, that would never have happened because she's always like, do they have an Instagram page? Show me their Instagram page. I and mean, that's all she does to find anything she's interested in doing. So what do you say to those coaches out there who are saying you can't get high-end clients from your Instagram? I would say that's a load of, you know what? <laughs> Absolutely not. I would, I mean, we have a form contact and at the bottom it says, how did you find us? And I would say at least 70% says Instagram. Yeah. I, and I, that's not inflated. Do you know that you've been with us since November of 2020? <laughs> and I, I say that because it's not an overnight thing, right? It's kind of like search engine optimization. It's a it's a something you have to nurture for a while. But once you get that momentum, you get up to that point, you start to see the results that you're seeing now. So I love that you're a client. I'm so happy you're with us. And I, I love more than anything seeing that you guys are getting that kind of results. That, cl- that project in California sounds absolutely freaking incredible. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait to share it. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. We'll have back, uh, what is it, back row seats? What do you call it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't even know what Backstage I'm trying to say. Backstage access. There you go, backstage access. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, cool. If you need help with your search engine optimization for your interior design firm, Look no further than wingnutsocial.com. Yes, we also have search engine optimization services. And one of our most popular is the, what used to be known as Google My Business is now Google Business Profile. And it is one of the best kept secrets in all of Googledom and is super important as part of your marketing strategy to attract local clients. If you're an interior designer and you really rely on local traffic, picking up the phone and calling you for services, if you don't have your Google Business Profile set up and optimized, you're leaving so much money on the table and the competitors that do have that set up are getting the clients ahead of you. I am here to tell you. If you want to find out more information about our search engine optimization services on page, off page, Google business, you name it, head on over to wingnutsocial.com and check out our services. That's wingnutsocial.com. All right. So hire an army. So we have we have marketing, right? That's us, Wingnut Social. Yes. We have your bookkeeper, your accounting, your coaching. You have designers, but you have designers to the point to where you're so specific and that you have accessory designers, you have stylists. After that, what what is the next hire? What's next for Hendrickson Interiors? Well, we actually just hired someone part-time to help with ordering and tracking orders. Okay. Because Never did I think we would need a position like that. But in times like this, (laughs) with so many orders just hanging out overseas or on the water, we are needing to do a lot better job tracking them. So we're going to have someone full-time basically doing all of our purchasing and all of our tracking. And that was the most needed person. Um, My team was Mm. able to manage it within themselves, but this is going to allow them to release that piece and really focus on design work. And again, we'll be able to work through our projects a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. We will to make them go a little more smoothly. and There won't be as many stops and starts to them. So that's going to be great. Are you seeing any improvement in, in shipping times or in um, mm. anything right now? I mean, supposedly COVID is quote unquote, 
you know, over, uh, <laughs> which over. it's not, yeah. no. but no. you know what I mean? In some vendors, yes. Mm-hmm. And in others, no. Okay. You know, I find honestly something so specific as leather goods yes. are taking forever because that specific person is a very skilled laborer and there's just not that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been something we've really made sure to educate clients on. The funniest thing I've, you know, it's not funny to them, but it's interesting. <laughs> I shouldn't say funny to me. I had a few clients who ordered um, spring of 2020. You know, they were right there in the middle of all of it, ordered around March or April of 2020. Large, large, large orders. They are still waiting on some of their items that they purchased through me. Mm-hmm. And I have clients who ordered a year later who are fully finished. Oh, wow. It's like it was a black hole. <laughs> Whatever happened in March and April 2020 just went down a (laughs) vortex never to come back. And I, you know, I sort of try to joke about it, but you know, it's at some point it's not funny. It's like, I really still don't know where it is. Wow. Those poor clients. I wonder if we had the same leather vendor because I had a leather, Uh a leather sofa that I, um, it was a custom and it took almost a year. It took almost a year for that client to get that. I I won't say who it is, but, um, it was very custom. Yes. (laughs) Yes, very custom. All righty, cool. So last but not least, let's talk about budget. So um, you did mention that you have a very strict budget, that you abide by your budget. Who's lining that up for you? Is that the coach? Is that the accountant? Is the bookkeeper? Is it you? And give us some advice on that. We kind of threw it from the hip for a while because... I literally, and I know this sounds crazy, but I started the business with $100 of my own money. I mean, we just put it into the account to start it with something. And to put that into perspective, we did almost $3 million in sales last year. So, you know, it's come a long way really fast. And in that, it came so fast that at some point we had to sit down and say, whoa, you know, we need to know what we're spending, what we're spending it on. I need a detailed plan. Here's what I need to know specifically every month, every quarter, and every year. And so she and I sat down and I'm lucky that she is an absolute pro. She's brilliant and works with small businesses. So she understands, you know, the quantity that we're doing and the volume that we're doing. So she, every month she sends me a spreadsheet that gives me every detail you could possibly imagine. Um, we've decided how much money needs to be left in the business at all times. We have decided, you know, what is your cash out? What are your credit cards payable? All of those very small details. But at the end of every year, we look at the year and we say, here's what we spent on payroll, on client gifts, on travel, on meals. And we line item it all out and we add about 10% for the following year, 10 to 20%, so that we have a bottom line goal. We say, this is the money that needs to run the business. And so from there, we calculate that out and spread it across the 12 months. We say every month we need to make X in order to keep the business open and profitable. Right. Anything over and above is just cherry on top. Nice. So every month she shows me, here's what, you know, you have to make, here's what you made, here's your overage. You know, we can do this XYZ with the overage. So to me, that's how I sleep at night because I can, you know, open that spreadsheet and sing myself a lullaby. So <laughs> just works out really nice, well. A very nice yes. lullaby. Congrats. Yes, exactly. Julianne, congrats Thank on you. your success. And um, we're so happy to have you as a client. I'm so happy to hear how well you're doing. It's just so, I, I love it. And you're doing beautiful, beautiful work. And Thank you. now I have to ask you, Julianne Hendrickson, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I'm ready. <laughs> now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag decision maker. 
boss lady. That's boss, boss right there. lady. You're stuck on a deserted <laughs> island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What's it going to be? Ice cream. <gasps> that would be mine. Yes. Yeah. What flavor? What you flavor? Know, oh, it doesn't. I don't. I'm not picky. Praline. I love praline. Oh, that's a good one. Like with a little yeah. caramel in there. Mm, yes. Nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. Good job. Yeah. I just. I mean, if I'm on a deserted island, I'm dying. So I want ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Go out. Go out. Yeah. I'm not go surviving that. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. This is an old one, but a great one, but The Fred Factor. If you haven't read The Fred Factor, it is awesome. It is about this amazing mailman who makes it his mission to make the ordinary extraordinary. His life mission is that what you give is so much more important than what you receive. And if you keep that at the top of your priority list, then what you receive is always going to be amazing. It's a really neat book. It's a very short read. And I can promise you it'll leave you very happy. Who's the author of that? Mark Sanborn. Mark Sanborn, The Fred Factor. Okay, that yes. sounds super and It's an $8 cool. book on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, mm-hmm. even know how much it is. You are a boss. I lady. sure do. <laughs> Julianne, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and Hendrickson Interiors so they can see how amazing you guys are in real life. Thank you. You can find us at Hendrickson Interiors on Instagram, and you can find us at www.hendricksoninteriors.com. Awesome. Julian, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for being a wingnut. We love you. Thank you. I wonder if you're sensing a theme here with guests on the podcast. The most successful guests the guests that seem to be running the larger firms, the most revenue on their firms are those interior designers, those architects who are not afraid to delegate, to let go of that micromanaging of that control and to let bookkeepers and designers and marketers do the work that they are best suited to do while these chief visionary officers, these head principal designers are out doing the big thing, the rainmaking, the vision of the whole company and and just making it happen. It just seems that designer after designer on on these big multi-million dollar firms all have that mindset or if they didn't start out with that mindset, certainly did break through and acquire that mindset, whether it's through the the gentle guiding hand of a coach who's been there, done that, seen that, knows that's how it's supposed to get done or through the gentle guiding hands of (laughs) a marketing agency, let go and let wingnut is what we like to say and just let the experts do what it is that they do while you do what you do. And it it just seems that everything just runs so much more efficiently that way and definitely can scale out. And you saw that Julianne did pick up that Jamie Van Kuyk and I talked about, you know, how much of a wait list is a good thing. You can see it's definitely not hurting Julianne at all. It adds to that mystique and adds to that um, exclusivity. But there is a fine line, even she says, you know, she's hiring. So maybe it's six months, maybe they're comfortable at six months. So that that's her take. She had a lot of terrific takeaways with hiring the coaches, hiring the marketers, hiring the designers, even to the point now, I mean, she's 3 million plus, she's hiring accessory people, she's hiring people to manage the tracking of um, invoicing and deliveries and product. This is what happens. When you just keep putting your nose down and you just keep doing the right things, you keep building your team around you. And, you know, what is it? Six years later, $3 million plus interior design firm. Very proud of you, Julian. I I love seeing how much you've grown, even in two short years since you've been with Wingnut. 
and you're an inspiration to everybody out there in the audience. So thank you so much for your inspiration. All right, and that's it for this week. Remember, if you need help with your marketing, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, schedule an appointment. We'll take a look at your Instagram, see what you got going on and how we can help. That's wingnutsocial.com. And until next week, remember to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Live in front of a packed auditorium, it's Emily Lisi with the mini news. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> She's looking at me like, you lost your mind. Newt, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, baby girl? Why don't you go lay down? Go lay down. Take a nap. Go take a nap. Go take a nap. Today's Take Your Corgi to Work Day. Please recommend a book that has had an... <laughs> <laughs> See why I have editors? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Good boy, Mango.